Thanks to this season's presenting sponsor, Driscoll's. Only the finest berries. Hello, young chefs, and welcome back to Mystery Recipe. That's Molly Birdbaum, editor-in-chief of America's Test Kitchen Kids. And that's Mitzi, Oven Mitt, my right-hand gal and co-host on the show. Every week on Mystery Recipe, we'll be talking about the fun, fantastical, and fascinating sides of a different kitchen ingredient. And at the end of the season, we'll use all the ingredients to cook a mystery recipe together. It's week two! You know how the old saying goes, first is the worst, second is the best. You think last week was the worst, Mitzi? Oh, well, no, not at all. I guess in our case, it might be first is the best, second is also very good. All of the weeks are excellent. Speaking of very good, we've got quite the episode lined up for today. First up, our official ingredient guesser, Henry, is back for another round of Guess the Ingredient. That's right. Then we're getting historical in the scoop with Adelina. And we'll wrap things up with some more submissions from Young Chefs at Home with What's Cooking. Are you ready to get started with week two, Mitzi? Yes! To the theme song! Wow! Looks good. I bet it tastes good. Ooh. You're a natural, Greg. Mystery Recipe. So how are things going with our new intern, Greg the Cheese Grater, Mincy? Oh, just great! We are really cruising through and accomplishing some of his goals, Molly. So far today, we've grated cucumbers and garlic and zested some lemons. Speaking of, I should probably go check in on Greg. We've been working on a new cheesecake recipe. Oh? And guess what kind of cheese we're using? Hopefully, cream cheese. Uh, I'll give you a hint. It rhymes with blorbenbola. Mitzi. Gotta go. I'll save you a slice, Molly. Well, chefs, it's time for our first segment. Are you ready for Guess the Ingredient? In this segment, I'll play some sounds, and then you at home get to try and guess what ingredients will be our theme for this week. Here we go. guesses what ingredient these sounds all have in common? I'll let you think it over while I call up our official ingredient guesser, Henry. Henry is 12 years old and lives in Boston and is our brand new official ingredient guesser for season three. Hello? Hey there, Henry. How are you? Good, Molly. How are you? I'm really good. And I am really glad to have you back for another week of Guess the Ingredient. All right, Henry, I'm going to play you the first sound. So listen closely, and we'll talk about it after it's done. So that reminded me a little bit of when you're pouring something from a large jug, and every once in a while, a little bubble goes out, and it's like it makes it a glug, glug glug sound. When you say pouring something, it sounds like you're talking about a liquid. Do you think it's a 
thin liquid or a thick liquid? I think it's a thick liquid, or else it really wouldn't be making that glug glug sound. Mm-hmm. The glug glug is like a thick liquid type of thing. I totally agree. Yeah. Like milk, not water. Awesome. You are in exactly the right place. This is a thick liquid, not a thin liquid like water or juice. All right. Let's play your next sound. This one sounds more like something frying. Frying? What does that sound like to you? It makes a sizzling sound, like um, something is really, really hot and sizzling. Amazing. So it sounds like something frying. That's a really, really good guess. You're getting super close. How about you at home, young chefs? Do you know the ingredient yet? If not, we have one more clue for you. Henry, let's listen to the next sound. That one also sounded like something frying or sizzling. Or maybe like, yeah, maybe just sizzling. Just sizzling? So that that sounded different than the frying sound? Yeah, it did. This one sounded more like when it was off the heat a little bit. Or when it was at much lower heat. It wasn't as intense. Okay. Really, really good guesses. You are so close. So I'm going to give you a couple hints. This ingredient is often used for deep frying. This one has the least amount of flavor of all the different types of this ingredient that are out there. And it's made from seeds, legumes, nuts, or, in spite of its name, sometimes even the flesh of some fruits. Do you have any guesses? I think it's canola oil. Canola oil? That is an excellent guess. And you are so, so, so close. Canola oil is a type of this ingredient. Oh, it's vegetable oil. You are exactly right, Henry. It is vegetable oil. Welcome to Vegetable Oil Week. Welcome back to Vegetable Oil Week. Oh, hey, Mitzi. Molly, this is like the sequel to last season's Vegetable Oil Week. You're right. Vegetable Oil, Volume 2. Vegetablier and oilier than ever. Veggie oil returns. <laughs> That's right, Mitzi. Although maybe not quite that dramatic. We may have had a vegetable oil week last season, but it's an ingredient in this season's mystery recipe as well. Plus, there is so much to talk about with this oily kitchen staple. We'll talk about all different kinds of vegetable oil, all types of uses for it, and even learn some of the slick science behind this fry liquid gold. So, Henry, are those sounds making more sense to you now? Yes, they are. So the first sound, what was that? I think the first sound is pouring vegetable oil out of a metal or tin container. Yeah, it was oil coming out of a container of some kind. You're totally right with that glug, glug, glug was the thick oil being poured out. And then the second sound. Second sound was something frying. Deep frying. Like a deep frying, yeah. And then the third sound. That was more something sizzling. Exactly, something sauteing. So in a pan with oil rather than in like immersed in the deep fryer. Yeah. All right. Well, Henry, thanks so much for your help this week. We'll talk to you again next week. Thank you, Molly.
See you next week. Revenge of the Vegetable Oil. This time, it's personal. Terminator 2. Oil be back. I'm so excited, Molly. We've gotten a second chance at really diving deep fried into the oily depths of this ingredient. I thought I'd learned a lot last time, but I'm sure we've got so much more to say. You are absolutely right, Mitzi. Speaking of, it's just about time for the scoop. Adelina, can you hear me? Loud and clear, Molly. Hello there, Molly. Oh, golly, I'm so excited for this. We are, too. We'll hear from Adelina in just a minute. But first, it's time for a quick word from our sponsors. Grownups, these ads are for you. Hey, grownups. I want to tell you about our sponsor, the Kroger family of stores. Kids love snacks. And with Kroger's grocery pickup service, it's easy to keep your pantry stocked. My family can't get enough of Kroger's original chipmate cookies. And with Pickup, you can shop online and pick up your groceries at a store near you. In just a few clicks, you can fill your cart with all the things you need and schedule a pickup time that works for you. And they'll bring it out to your vehicle when you arrive. It's that easy. To learn more, visit Kroger.com. Happy snacking! Hey, Molly. Hey, Chad. I am super excited to talk about all the things we have coming up from America's Test Kitchen Kids, like our Young Chefs Club subscription box. Every month, kids can receive a themed box filled with kid-tested recipes, hands-on activities and experiments, and other creative items by subscribing to our Young Chefs Club. Coming up in July, we have a very cool food art box with beautiful and delicious recipes that all young chefs can make look like art in a museum. What else are you excited about? Well, there is, of course, our new YouTube channel. ATK Kids has launched its own YouTube channel that has all types of funny and inspiring video content for young chefs to enjoy. And there are so many other great things. There's just too much to talk about in one short ad. You're right. And grownups can head to atkkids.com to learn more about everything we just mentioned and then some. That's atkkids.com. And we're back, just in time for The Scoop with Adelina. Take it away, Adelina. Thanks, Molly. Today I'm here with Monty, a bottle of canola oil. How are you today, Monty? Oh, I'm doing just fine here, Adelina. Thank you. How about you? How are you doing? I'm doing great, too. Thanks. Monty, can I get you to introduce yourself for us? Well, you most certainly can. All right, then. My name is Monty, and... I'm a bottle of canola oil, as you said. Uh, what else is there? I'm from Canada, that's for sure. (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) What else? What else do you want to know? We've learned a bit about canola oil last season. It's a type of vegetable oil. Can you tell me more about where canola comes from? For anyone who needs a refresher. Well, sure. Canola oil, like you said, is a type of vegetable oil. I'm made from the seeds of the rapeseed plant, which is a type of plant that's got these beautiful yellow flowers. It's in the same family as, oh, say, cabbage and broccoli and Brussels sprouts. They grow great big fields of it up in Canada. It sure is a sight to see. That's why it's called canola oil, even. There's no canola plant, you know. 
There isn't? Then where does the word canola come from? Canola is short for Canada Oil Low Acid. You say that fast and shorten it down, eventually it becomes canola, eh? Huh, that's pretty neat. So, canola oil is mostly from Canada? Oh, definitely. Canola oil is a very Canadian product. It was originally developed here. Canola production is a big deal for the Canadian economy as well. And there are 43,000 canola farmers in Canada. Also, at over 20 million acres of seeded area, canola is the second largest Canadian crop. Wow, that's a lot of farms. So can you tell me more about Canada? Oh, sure, I'd love to. Canada is a country. It's in North America. A lovely country, I'd say. But I am a little biased. It's just north of the United States of America. Fun fact, actually. Canada and the U.S. share the longest border in the entire world. Really? Yeah. It's amazing. The southern border of Canada, the one between Canada and the United States, is about 8,890 kilometers long. That's about 5,500 miles, or 97,204 football fields. Wow, that's a lot of football fields. I know. So, a border is the edge of a country? Exactly right, yes. A border is a way to mark where one country ends and another begins. In this case, on one side of the border, you are in the United States of America. On the other side of the border, you are in my beautiful homeland, Canada. Interesting. Just like states in the U.S. have borders, countries have borders, too. That's it, yes. Borders that separate countries, like the U.S. and Canada, are called international borders. And are these borders all straight lines? Oh, no, not by a long shot. Borders are all kinds of shapes. Many borders follow the shape of natural structures like mountains, rivers, or oceans, so they can twist and turn all over the place. Huh, so one side of the river might be one country and the other side of the river would be another. Exactly. Some borders are straight lines, though. In addition to being the world's longest border, the border between the U.S. and Canada is also mostly a straight line. Who decides where these borders are set? Well, that is the million-dollar question. Perhaps a little history of Canada is in order. Do you mind? Please. Now, you might hear people say that Canada was established in the year 1867. We even celebrate a holiday called Canada Day on July 1st every year to mark this event. That's sort of like how we celebrate Independence Day on the 4th of July in the United States. Sure is. But that isn't exactly the whole story. You see, people didn't just arrive in Canada for the first time in 1867, just like they didn't arrive in the U.S. in the 1700s. Some people and their ancestors have been living on this land for at least 12,000 years, arguably longer. In Canada, we refer to these people as Indigenous or First Nations People of Canada. We refer to those people as First Nations, Indigenous Americans, or Native Americans in America. But I also know a lot of times people prefer to be called by their specific tribe name. Sure do. So, was it the indigenous people of Canada who set the borders? No, it wasn't. And this is an important point. Indigenous people inhabited all different parts of Canada for thousands of years and belonged to different tribes. Tribes like the Cree, Haida, or Blackfoot people had their own borders and had their own places to live. 
But a few hundred years ago, these lands were colonized. Colonized? What does that mean? Colonization is when one country claims the land of another as its own. Why would they want to do that? Let's put it this way. Do you have your own room at home, Madalena? I do. And it's probably filled with all of your stuff, is that right? It is. It's very messy at the moment, though. I've got kind of a lot of stuff. Well, let's say you were able to take over your brother or sister's room, and you got to keep all the stuff that was there. Sound like a good deal? Well, maybe. It would be nice to have more space and more stuff. But what would happen to my sister? That is a good question to ask, Adelina. This is the problem of colonization in a nutshell. One country will come and claim a new land as their own, but it's not really a new land. People have lived there for a very long time. My sister's been in her room a lot longer than I've been in mine. Plus, the whole thing is bright pink. I don't know how she can stand it. I like pink. You don't like pink? Not that pink. Well, I'm getting distracted. What I mean to say is that when one country attempts to colonize another, they come uninvited, live on the land without permission, steal its resources, and make rules the people who are already living there must follow, if they're allowed to stay at all. It was the English, French, and Portuguese who were colonizers in Canada. In the U.S., it was mostly just the British, right? More or less. The French played a big part in that too, but that's complicated. After hundreds of years or so of this harmful and unfair colonization, Britain decided to combine its three colonies and form a new country. Like when the United States formed and became its own country fighting the British in the Revolutionary War? Correct. But for the most part, the people who formed the country of Canada and those who planned the Revolutionary War in America were colonizers. They were the people who had come to this land uninvited from somewhere else. These people originally from Britain and France created many wars, hurt many people, and then decided to form a new country. So people came over from Europe, said the land was theirs now, and then decided to call it Canada? More or less, yes. And it's these colonizers who ultimately set the country's borders. Huh, that sounds like a very complicated past. It definitely is. Complicated and painful for generations of people. The fact that these borders were decided against the wishes of First Nations peoples has caused a lot of problems for them that continue on today. But it's important for us to learn about. Why? What difference does it make today what people decided to do a hundred years ago? A country's history is in the past, but the land and the people on it are in the present, and they are the future. Whoa, that feels like a big idea. It is. Let's break it down. The past, our history, we can't change that, right? Right. It's over and will always be that way. But what isn't over is the land that's always been here and the people who are still alive today. How we think about our country and how we treat First Nations people who are native to this land is something that we can control today. What we do next is up to us as well, especially for you. Young people like you are the future. And so learning from those who have come before us is important and should be a part of how we choose to move forward. Monty, that is a very valuable scoop. Thanks for sharing all that with me. You're welcome, Adelina. We didn't really get to talk much about cooking, though, did we? <laughs> You're right.
Well, how's this for a hot tip? Canola oil has a very neutral taste. It doesn't have much flavor at all. That makes it a great choice for frying or cooking when you want to focus on the flavor of the food, not the oil it's cooked in. There you have it, folks. Canola oil is a neutral tasting oil. Borders are the boundaries between countries, and First Nations people have been living in Canada and the United States for tens of thousands of years. So, Monty, Canada sounds really pretty. I think I might have to plan a trip to visit. Oh, please. I would love to show you around. We can go to Niagara Falls and Haudenosaunee Territory. Back to you, Molly. Thanks, Adelina, and thank you, Monty, for that very important history lesson. Vegetable Oil, Part 2. Return of the Podcast. Still workshopping those sequel titles, Mitzi? To Vegetable, to Oil. Revenge of the Canola. Hey, how did that cheesecake come out, by the way? Oh, Molly, uh... I think it's best if we just move on with the show, if uh, I'm being honest. Greg! Hi, yeah, that's me, Greg. Uh, the cheesecake recipe could use some work. It's not really one of those things to swap out the cheese with. But that's good to know, Greg. That's what being a recipe developer is all about. Yeah? Oh, yeah. It's sort of like being a scientist. Taking recipes and doing experiments with them, swapping out ingredients and trying new things to make them just right. Huh. I didn't realize I was being a recipe developer just then. Oh, you're a natural, Greg. I guess so. And you're also right on time for our next segment. It's time for What's Cooking? That's right. For What's Cooking, listeners, we need your help. We want to know what's cooking in your kitchens. Grown-ups, you can help your young chefs call in and tell us. Just dial 1-833-KIDS-ATK. That's 1-833-543-7285. And have your young chef leave us a voicemail. It's that easy. We want to know your name, how old you are, and what you've been making. It could be anything at all you've been cooking up at home. Tell us about the ingredients, how you made it, and how it came out. And not just your shining stars, either. We love hearing about recipes that maybe didn't go exactly to plan. Because it can be really fun when things go a little off track in a recipe, and you always learn something from it. Each week, we will play some of your recordings on the show. So, grown-ups, have your young chefs leave us a voicemail by calling 1-833-KIDS-ATK today. Greg went through all of your submissions, and this week we have some great recipes and stories to share. Let's hear them! Hi, I'm Henry, age 12, from California. Today, me and my dad made crepes. We made the batter the day before to get all the bubbles out. Then today, we poured the batter into a pan and swirled it around to make nice, flat crepes. We ate them for breakfast with fruit. Even my little sister had to admit that that they were delicious. Hello, my name is Cullen, and I'm seven years old. I'm here to tell you how to make a tuna sandwich. So uh, let's get cooking. First, make sure to use a a can opener to open the can and put the tuna into a bowl. Then add some lemon and some mayonnaise. Then you can mix it. Then after some time, 
It will be done with the tuna. Now just spread it all across the bread. Then put another piece of bread on top, and ta-da! You have a tuna sandwich. This is Colin Whitten, seven-year-old cooking girl. So I hope you enjoy this recording. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Thanks to everyone who sent something in. We've got tons more coming up this season, and we're going to include as many of the submissions as we can. So keep listening if you didn't make it on this week. And grown-ups, it's not too late to leave us a voicemail. Hey, Molly, that recipe sounded amazing. What do you think that would taste like with gorgonzola cheese? Actually, I bet that would taste pretty good. What do you think? Should we give it a try? I think that sounds like a plan, Mitzi. Molly, care to join us? I would love to. Well, that's all for today, folks. We'll be back with more veggie oil goodness next time. And remember, at the end of the season, we'll be using all of our ingredients in a very special mystery recipe to cook together. Can you guess what it is? So far, we just know it uses cinnamon and vegetable oil. If you love Mystery Recipe, be sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. That way, you will not miss an episode. And if you like our show, leave us a review. Give us some stars and tell us what you think about the show. We love hearing from you. Until then, keep Keep on on cooking. Mystery Recipe is hosted by me, Molly Birnbaum, and I am a chocolate croissant. Chad Chennai is our writer and producer. He is Eggs Benedict. Our executive producer is Caitlin Kelleher. She's a breakfast burrito. Scoring, sound design, and mixing by Anya Jeshik and Matt Boynton of Ultraviolet Audio. They are two eggs over easy with a side of corned beef hash. Jonathan Roberts composed our theme music and is a Pop-Tart. Our post-production supervisor is Jen Margolis. She's French toast. Our line producer is Diane Knox, who is also an omelet. Jack Bishop is the chief creative officer of America's Test Kitchen. He's two double lattes. David Nussbaum is our CEO, and he's a blueberry pancake. Special thanks to our senior science editor, Paul Adams, executive editor, Kristen Sargianis, executive food editor, Susanna McFerrin, senior editors, Afton Cyrus and Ali Velez Aldifer, test cooks, Andrea Vavgin and Cassandra Laughlin, assistant editors, Katie O'Hara and Tess Berger, and assistant test cook, Kristen Bango. This episode featured the voices of Kira O'Sullivan, Jonathan Cormer, Henry Diver, Adelina Rodriguez, and Calvin Joyle. Special thanks to Dio Gandhi for being a sensitivity reader on this episode. Thanks again to our sponsors, Kroger, the National Mango Board, and Automat. Mystery Recipe is a production of America's Test Kitchen Kids. We should try gorgonzola cheese on pizza. And we could try it on a grilled cheese sandwich. Yummy. So much recipe developing. Hey, this all sounds like delicious work to me. Hi, grown-ups. I wanted to tell you a little bit about our newsletter. 
If you love the fun food content we share on Mystery Recipe, then sign up today for our ATK Kids newsletter to receive even more recipes, activities, and stories from me straight to your inbox. As a mom of two, I always try to include things that are important to my family, and it's a great way to hear about all the new things we are cooking up at ATK. Plus, every new email added will be entered for a chance to win three free ATK Kids books for toddlers through teens. We'll draw 10 winners every month while the promotion lasts, and we have some great books available all the time. Head to atkkids.com newsletter to sign up today for your chance to win.